That's what I'm talking about. Ha ha ha! Glory! <laughs> I love getting melted in the love. Just get mopped off the floor by Jesus. Glory. Mm. Can see the white dove shining through our souls from above. And you are a member of that company. The overcomers of this day. Of the greater glory are the White Dove Company. Jesus. So there is an intensification of the nature of Jesus Christ in our spirit. The Apostle Paul says, I have served God with my whole spirit. What that means is his spirit was right inside his brain and right over his brain and right through his brain. His skull was inside his spirit. His hands were inside his spirit. His feet, his legs, his bones. All his flesh and blood was inside his spirit. That's a whole spirit. Your growth in Christ is to get your spirit whole which means consume the whole body. Not just to be a little mustard seed in your belly, but to be a fully developed new creature through your body. It's not the belly of Christ, it's the body of Christ because we've grown up. Can you imagine a person staying in sperm form? Well, you can imagine Christians after they're born again, they get bewitched. Because it's them that stay in seed form. Seed Christianity is normal in Babylon the Great because Babylon stunts spiritual growth. What we're going to get into is a feast of the Lamb of God that crucifies soul for spiritual development to consume and even restore what the canker worm, which is the brain, has eaten. So that the soul will not eat the children's food. The enemy comes. What does the enemy do? Devours the seed. Jesus Christ said in the parable of the sower sowing seed, the enemy came and took the seed and then put some counterfeit down, which was soulish witchcraft, confusion, madness. And so the seed that Jesus sowed into the spirit of the believer it was never brought into maturity in the parable. That's what Jesus taught. So he said, there will be an enemy that will try to get you into the counterfeits of the soul. But we are a discipled people that stay in the river that won't settle for counterfeits, fool's gold, soulish Christianity, false maturity. This is a major one in this generation from the fallen angels, false holiness. And it's not them, it's all of us together. And if you've got true holiness, you lay your life down for others that they may share in that grace as well. 
There's nothing we've received from God that isn't a river to flow into others. That's why it's a body of Christ. What's a body? It shares the same bloodstream. Your spirit will share all spiritual breakthrough with every believer's spirit in the whole earth automatically even if your brain disagrees even if your brain wants to keep it in factions and divisions galatians 5 fruits of the flesh if your brain wants to isolate if your brain wants it just for your own ministry just for your own popularity your spirit is greater than your brain and will bypass your brain a lot of times when you're praying in tongues you're bypassing your brain because your brain is not in agreement yet with the understanding of the soul to the spiritual things that God wants to do. The Bible says when we pray in the spirit, we bypass the soul. We need to do it. You have to get the spirit stronger than the soul, otherwise the enemy occupies the territory over the believer's mind and that's when you get into sorcery you know sorcery is not something you go into the occult to practice sorcery is soulish religion most of you are coming out of potent sorcery right now you've been trained in sorcery your whole christian lives and it should be astonishing because it is the truth anyhow if you are trained in the soul and not the spirit, you are trained in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You don't need the, to know and learn the dark secrets of Satan of Revelation 2. You already know them. And now we're going to unlearn them by learning the ways of the Lamb of God, the ways of humility. Humility is a teaching of the spirit it's a meekness it's a gentleness it's a still small voice he's not often yelling in there he's cooing in there like a dove the brooding mother hen is a reference to the dove nature of your heavenly mother the holy ghost first reference to the spirit of god in genesis 1 is in the feminine of the Holy Spirit brooding over the chaos in the deep. What's the deep chaos? The fallen angels and then the fallen man and woman <laughs> under the fallen angels which had turned the waters into chaos, which is the bloodlines. The throne over many waters, you study waters there, it means nations. What are nations? Bloodlines, ethnicities culture groups getting whacked getting washed getting delivered getting loosed brooding over the whole mess for heaven to take dominion over the earth heaven is my throne declares the lord and the earth is my footstool what kind of house will you build for me declares the lord almighty it is written what are you going to build for him? Nothing, Lord. Just nothing. We're not building anything. The Lord himself builds this house. It's the intimacy through yielding the soulish members that you do have control over. 
Adam and Eve could take their souls out of the glory of the Garden of Eden and put it into a spiritual realm called today in prophetics, Egypt. Egypt is the realm where the soul has dominion. That's what the wilderness is. That's what bondage is. That's what the kingdom of hell is. Egypt and Sodom where our Lord was crucified. It is written. Egypt is the realm where the soul is in control. Zion is the realm where the spirit is in control. We are from Zion. I was listening to the Jonah story earlier today. And the Holy Ghost said, Jonah is the sons of God company that has become a whale that will devour the entire earth into its belly in these days. Jonah isn't just a rebellious prophet saying this is all for wisdom, guys. This is all wisdom. You can't interpret this stuff carnally. You're going to have to burn your theology. You're going to have to burn your doctrine to get into the prophetic much more deeply. Your soul can't be prophetic. It's the spirit of prophecy, not the soul of prophecy. Soulish prophetics is Jezebel, the false prophet. That's what we're at war against everywhere. The false prophetic is soul. The true prophetic is spirit of prophecy, the testimony of Jesus Christ. Completely different kingdom. Second heavens versus third heaven is what it is. Second heaven stars versus third heaven stars is what it is. Wandering stars versus the obedient son of God, the bright and morning star. And we are loyal to his orbit. And we do not break orbit. What's, what's the orbit? The soul here, yielding to the spirit here, where the throne of the Lamb is inside the believer's bellies. You know the verse, out of your belly flows rivers, John 7:38, and Revelation 22, I saw the throne of God. What'd you see, John? The river of life proceeding from that throne. If the river comes from the throne and out of your belly flows that same exact river, that means the throne of grace, the ark of the new covenant, the mercy seat of the living, only God is inside the physical bodies of true believers in Jesus Christ. Hitching your brain into that dimension is the realization of the glory and the constant baptism of the living waters of life. <laughs> and the great shepherd shall lead them there to those springs of the waters of life where all the sadness and sorrow of not being good enough, self-promotion, self-evaluation, the sorceries of all external do's and don'ts of religion are washed away from your eyes today for the flashing fire of Christ's glory. Amen. Amen. So that's what grace is. It's the impartation of his ability to be divine and your simple yieldedness. And so that's a progressive work in your souls. It's called yada. Yada, yada, yada. 
<laughs> intimacy, intimacy, intimacy. <laughs> knowing, knowing, knowing. The Lord in you, the glory in you. It's through intimacy that you birth revelation knowledge. What's the difference from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? And revelation knowledge of the tree of life, which is the fruit of the tree of life. The fruit of the tree of life is revelation. The fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is religion, bondage, slavery to do's and don'ts. Which tree are you eating from? The tree of revelation, of course. That's why we're in the glory. Amen. Switch trees if you're not in liberties. Switch trees in the garden. Start eating revelation for your spirit man. You get a steady diet of eating prophetic revelation, living knowledge instead of dead letters that kill, words about God, knowledge about God, stuff about God. We don't want to hear about God. We want to encounter God in the living word. They shall all know the Lord, it is written. Which means we're going to be taught inside the substance of his anointing oil. Not in mere knowledge with external book learning. When you learn the books in heaven, it's experiential. The books are all picture books and you go into the pictures of the word and you experience it through all your five physical senses and your senses turn golden, your eyes turn colorful, you begin to see the smells, you begin to hear the sounds of heaven, you begin to get glorified in all your soul, you begin to be enraptured with the living word to live out of that living realm of light, out of the glory realm in heaven, your promised land for the senses of your soul. Promised land, you already got it when you're born again here, spirit. Now the rest of your life is sharing it with your heart and your brain, trying to bring that woman down into the water. Amen. That's why men are the bride of Christ, because soul is woman. True story. And the only way soul gets saved is if it goes down in a marriage to the lamb in the spiritual stomach. It's called the baptism of the river of life. Few have ever known it, guys. Few. This generation will know it in fullness, what Christ himself walked in. Knowing his Father in him, doing the mighty works and the miracles and the signs and wonders, simply by submitting his soul to his Father's soul in his belly. That's how Jesus walked. When he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and come follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Come and be my disciples. Come and see. What did he say to the twelve? Each and every one. Come and follow. Come and see. There was a coming to the Lord. Then there was a watching and a learning to what he walked in as a perfect God-man. Which is a normal Christian. Jesus is the first normal Christian. That demonstrated us to us how to live in grace, in the spirit, in the river. At first, because of our carnality, we needed the types and shadows. That's why it started in the physical river. Later on, we grew up and it came out of the physical types and shadows and became spiritual realities, which we call the perfect new covenant. And you are in that covenant right now. 
and the types and the shadows of religion and the Old Testament are coming out of your soul so that you may really know more intimately and further in a deeper experience that far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. And so this experience is the experience of divine love where revelations are birthed in your own spirit. Revelations fruitfulness. It's the evidence your spirit's alive and bearing fruit that your mind is eating from the tree of life. That's why the prophets require fresh revelation for all of their disciples. And if you don't come to the table with fresh revelations from your spirit, because you're eating from the wrong tree in the garden. You have no fruit. God requires fruit. That's the Bible. He says, I require good fruit. A bad tree with bad fruit will be cut down. John the Baptist says, and the axe is already at the roots of the tree. To tear down the bad tree with bad religious selfish fruitfulness, the whole thing has to be uprooted and it comes right out of your spirit. The false divinity of the I am's of Satan, of Isaiah 14, that's the tree of knowledge. The I am's, that's the divinity of the soul, that is the I am's of the fallen angels, of all the pride of all the fallen glory angels, the former cherubim glory angels, it's all pride and all I am here. When I've confronted warlocks in the past, they often manifest initially, I am that I am. And that's what they audibly say to me. And I said, I know your soul wishes that and you believe that, but it's false and a lie. The entirety of the curse of the fall is the I am of soul. That's it. Divinity of soul. That's the entire curse of the fall. And you need to understand that salvation is Jesus, not you, not me, the real I am, whom I serve, in spirit, which is the yielded surrender to the soul progressively as an animal sacrifice. We take the beast down. We put the beast down. The beast is a volunteer to be offered, like Isaac. Isaac knew what he was doing when he was crawling up on an altar. His father didn't have to hog tie him. He went up as a volunteer. He believed that God raised the dead as well. The covenant people are willing volunteers, living sacrifices. Amen. And if you want to be of the same promised land people of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in this great cloud of witnesses, you will have to be a volunteer to sacrifice your soul just like Isaac and just like Abraham. You'll have to do both. You'll take the Abraham part of it and the Isaac part of it, and you'll have to sacrifice from the fatherly level and the sonship level both. Because it's different sacrifices from different perspectives of different levels of maturity in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you want to experience God's divinity, there will be a constant, continuous giving of yourself for more of him and less of you. I must decrease. It's the I am that decreases for the real I am to increase. Amen. 
true spiritual growth is Yahweh increasing in your spirit. That's exactly what the Bible says. <laughs> Second Peter 1.19 Until the morning star rises in your heart by the prophetic word which is the spirit of prophecy, which is you and I constantly valuing Christ, the invisible God, in our spirit more highly than anything seen, more highly than anything heard. You'll have to constantly cancel out your senses. <laughs> Jesus Christ did. He says in Isaiah 11, he'll never judge by what he sees. He canceled out his seeing. You understand that? He, the Bible says Jesus Christ would never judge by what he hears. Some of you still judge by what you see and hear. You need to judge by Christ in your belly. We don't have discernment other than the living God in our spirit. His discernment's way different than ours. His judgment is completely non-human, nonsensical, and full of unconditional love, full of seeing into the future. You look at the most messed up, crazy people, sometimes like the Gadarene demoniac, and that was some of you. And they have the greatest potential. They're locked up. The bondage is severe. The, they're demonized with 6,000 demons. Mary Magdalene, in whom Jesus Christ drove out seven demons. And that is many of your testimonies. And some of you are still having them driven out every day. And you're in the midst of deliverance. Wonderful. Keep going. Deliverance comes as spirit increases in your bowels of compassion and soul decreases down into the crystal sea. You know, the soul is the house of every unclean spirit. <laughs> You'll have endless demonic manifestations, endless drama. That's why you have to pastor and teach the young Christians. Otherwise, they'll have soulish manifestations forever. And they'll never get over the drama. And it's just always negativity. It's always woe is me. It's always pray for me. I'm always beat up. Always struggling. Yeah, because the soul is the house of every unclean spirit. I'd be struggling too if I lived in the soul realm. Because you're living in hell. Hell is a major struggle. Hell is a hard time. Heaven, no struggle. There's no hardness in heaven. There's no hard times in heaven. The issue is right here. Are you in your heart? Or in your spirit. I don't know how to be in my spirit. That's why you need teachers and the fivefold. The purpose of the fivefold is the building up of the spirit unto the maturity of the faith, which means your spirit ruling over your heart and brain. And that's where all the body of Christ is at today, worldwide, building up their spirit through their hearts. Most don't even know about the circumcision of the heart. Most Christians in this day, this day is like a day of reinstituting the original red letters of the ministry of Jesus Christ. The foundations of true righteousness and spirituality of practicing the Holy Ghost as a river out of the innermost being. It's a reintroduction to first century apostolic Christianity through mature prophetics that we've been getting discipled in for the last 50 years in America. From the Kansas City prophets until now, there has been a maturing in the prophetic. And it was all necessary. The good, the bad, and the ugly, the wild, the crazy. You go through all of it because you wrestle 
all the fallen angels as you establish mature prophetics, which is establishing a discipleship under the control of the river of life. And so the enemy doesn't want that because if you get into that, guess what happens? Elijah dethrones Jezebel by the mature prophetic. Elijah represents the kingship of the bride of Christ, of those who follow the spirit of prophecy into the full testimony of Jesus, which means the getting rid of every other testimony. And the word, Revelation 19, as King of Kings and Lord of Lords in your souls. Not some fantasy pie in the sky thing out there. Jesus is Lord of Lords out there. I'm not worthy. Get over it, man. God says you're worthy. Agree with God. Stop disagreeing with the Holy Ghost. If he puts it, puts himself inside your body, you better, your job is to simply agree with him and get all the other junk out. We have ideas and judgments towards ourselves. It's all false humility. I'm not worthy. And we got we get a pompous and I'm so worthy. Good thing he chose me. I'm here to save the day. And you can have fun with that when it's in your spirit because it's actually true. But if it's in the soul, it's pride. And that's why people, when they start judging the freedom in the spirit, they're like, man, this is so prideful. <laughs> to have spiritual confidence in the new creature in Christ as an angel of glory living inside a physical body. How dare you? How dare you be so confident in the things of God? I don't even know God, so I'm just out here judging you in darkness. That's what they do. And guess what you do? You absorb it as a scapegoat. Yeah. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. <laughs> Unconditional love, mark of true maturity, is being able to absorb the ignorance of the people that lack experience in the river. In the river, as the spirit of prophecy that does all the speaking and teaching and preaching fivefold came out of where? Five smooth stones in the river, David, it is written. Which means all the fivefold comes out of the bloodstream of the transfigured blood of the Jewish man Jesus of Nazareth. And that's what does all the communicating, all the training, all the pastoring, all the evangelism. If you're not evangelizing from the river, where are you evangelizing? In Egypt. Jesus Christ said of the false evangelists, they go through hell and high water to make one single convert twice the son of Satan that they are. Woo! He said that amongst people believing in Yahweh. Oh my gosh, can you imagine today confronting false evangelism that go through hell and high water? You know what a false evangelism is? Remaining in the soul dimension and not introducing them to the control of the river in their own spirit. You're not training them in the waters of life. You're not training them in the spirit. You're training them in the soul. Training them in the soul, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of God, said that was making them the sons of Satan. You understand? We're at war against the tree of knowledge, and its seed line is all soulishness. It is the direct counterfeit of spirituality, and the Bible says this potent sorcery that I'm teaching on right now has deceived the entire world, which means it's deceived everyone. But it didn't deceive Jesus. Why? Because he's in his people. Jesus and those that cling to Jesus as closer than a brother. What's closer than a brother? Closer than blood, 
What's closer than blood? Spirit. Only spirit is closer than blood. Spirit is the only thing the Bible says is greater than blood. And you have the spirit of God in your bellies. And it's greater than blood. If our hearts or our blood condemns us, that's all Satan uses as accuser of the brethren in the courts of the midheavens. Trying to strike everyone with light and the sun shall no longer strike them. Why? Because they're not in their own blood anymore. That their past sins are forgiven because their own blood is not covering the doorpost. Angel of death has to pass over if you're in the transfigured blood of Jesus, which is a deeper realm than your own heart. It's called the faith realm, the glory realm, the river realm, the invisible God realm. That sparkling living water realm of the bloodline of Jesus Christ the Messiah. In that dimension, angels work for Jesus in that blood to restore all things. They're going to return it to Jesus and not a people that believe in Jesus, a people that become possessed by the man Jesus. Not just a people that follow Jesus' teachings. Get that religion out of here. That's the most deceiving stuff in the world. A people possessed by Jesus Christ's spirit. The spirit of Christ, the apostles called him. A people that followed the spirit of Jesus from town to town in the book of Acts. Not a different person. The same exact person. The same one who died on the cross lives in us. And angels are serving him. And your bodies are called what? Ambassadors of Christ. Your body's a foreign missionary anywhere located on earth. Because the kingdom of heaven comes through a body on earth and you are that body of Christ. Let Christ be fully found and discovered inside your body and he'll just take you out of the way. We limit him every day. We put all kinds of belief systems on him, all kinds of works on him. He wants all that to burn off. That's the manure pile of the witchcraft scroll. Witchcraft is the soul's additions to the spirit of Jesus who does it all. If you think you get additional stuff on top of the spirit of Jesus, you're involved in witchcraft right now. That's what witchcraft is. It's saying that my soul can help Jesus. My soul is an additional sacrifice for the manifestation of Jesus' saving work. That's what blasphemy is. And the beast blasphemed for a time until the spirit conquered the soul. And the Bible says that the beast could no longer blaspheme, which means a person has come into the fullness of the works of Christ perfected in the spirit without the additions of their heart and mind and hand. I love this revelation. When Jehu's dogs ate Jezebel, when the eunuchs pushed her out of the window in the Old Testament, they left the head in the hand. And if you read Revelation, the head and the hand of 666, the beast, are all that the 666 is written on. Which means that Jezebelic realm, which is witchcraft, strange fire, dead works, it's all simply religion, is all you have to overcome to overcome the devil. And people are just getting started. We haven't heard of this stuff before. I know you're going to hear about it a lot now. The teachers are going to teach the stuff that will help your spirit conquer the soul. So you get the inheritance of those that are transformed a soul, purified a soul, and glorified a soul. 
Those whom he justified, he sanctified. Those whom he sanctified, he also glorified. It's the glorifying of the fire of God that takes out the skull and takes out the hand for the skull and hand of Jesus on the inside that is the river of life. By my outstretched right arm, it is written. What's the right arm of God? The river. The river is the right arm of God. The river is the hand of God. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, is the hand of the Almighty. You have the hand of the Almighty. Our problem is, is you're still looking at your own hand. You're still working by this thing. But this thing becomes the spout where the river comes out as the mind is renewed to God's divinity flowing through me and you. And it's all true. And it turns everything blue. And the gray just goes away. Just go away, gray. And never come back any other day. For the blue is here to stay. Hooray, hooray, hooray. Amen. So the seraphim are increasing the holiness of the bride of Christ right now. Hallelujah. <laughs> Scary stuff. No, it's pure joy. The fire is what we're drunk on. I don't know what people are drunk on, but I know I'm drunk on holiness. Last night, just astonishing, this new level of intoxication. We've been drunk for 14 years in the spirit. People judge us all the time, but they're just clueless because they're new to the wine. I tell you what, guys, Bob Jones says you need to learn how to handle your liquor, which means your tolerance to being controlled by the intoxicating anointing on the inside gets stronger and stronger, where the glory gets stronger and stronger. And the glory, as it gets stronger, still intoxicates the soul every day. If you're obedient to the river of life, doing God's will and not your own, the glory continues to increase inside your body. <laughs> and if it's not, repent, which means return your brain back to the Holy Ghost in your origin where you were conceived in the womb. Amen. Return to God inside mindedness and get your head out of Satan. That's what you got to do. Don't mince words. Don't water it down. If you're not going from glory to glory, you have not put your brain into your spirit. You have not yet submitted your soul to your spirit, and your whole Christian walk is witchcraft and rebellion. And it's actually fighting the Holy Ghost, because the Holy Ghost manifests the finished works of Christ. And we want to do our own works here and call it Christianity. We want to use the gifts here. Using the gifts here and not submitting them to the Spirit, Jesus Christ called it iniquity. You know what iniquity is? Sorcery. Do you understand the gifts of the Spirit not yielded to the river for the use and purpose of the kingdom's river is sorcery? Can you imagine getting gifts irrevocable from God and using them in the soul realm and building a ministry on your gifts? and becoming warlocks of charismatic Christianity like Jesus Christ said in the Bible? Hello? I mean, that should put the fear of God into people. There needs to be a yieldedness, a childlikeness of giving everything in the soul to the Spirit. And they said, you know what the Pharisees said? 
This teaching condemns me. You know, people listening, I can feel I can hear you right now thinking that on the inside. This te- it condemns Satan. The part of you that's born again can't be condemned. Do you understand that there is much of you that needs to be torn down? Sanctification is the tearing down of the old Adamic soul into the new creature, and the new creature just eats it. There's a part of you that can't be condemned by anything because it's God's own son. It's God's own genetics. God's not going to condemn himself. God will condemn the devil. God hates the devil. God will condemn witchcraft. He hates witchcraft. He hates sorcery. I suffer not a witch to live, which means he hates religion. Your Sabbath moons, your feasts, your festivals, I despise them, Isaiah says. I hate religion. Jesus hates religion. You read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there's never been a greater enemy towards mankind's religion than the Messiah. Truth anyhow, which means if you're actually into him, you'll be fighting religion just like Jesus did. What would Jesus do? Call them snakes, vipers, and sons of Satan is what he did. You do that, they'll kick you out of every church in the union. <laughs> Bro, boy, you're just a boy. You need to learn humility. Well, he was just a boy astonishing the elders. And if you're God inside minded, you're greater than the elders in the charismatic church that are bewitched. It's not about age. It's not about flesh. To be an elder in Israel is to be spiritually developed in the inner man. Outer man counts for nothing. Jesus Christ, met, uh, John 6, the flesh counts for nothing. We judge by gray hair and age and how much soul has had experience. I've been on the missions field for 25 years, but your spirit's the size of a mustard seed. You haven't done a single thing. You haven't matured one day in the kingdom. Doesn't matter what your soul's done. You don't get any rewards for soulish activity. Zero. It's all a waste of time. It's all profane. Only for the spiritual development of the God sperm seed in your own spirit and yielding to the river flowing through the new creature. And the new creature does all kinds of stuff. The new creature come up through this brain and say wild stuff. The new creature come right out of this hand and release fire and just blow torch people's hairs off. Just scorch their brains. Just burn cancers off their bodies. And just burn gold dust out of their eye sockets. Amen? It's gonna get wild. When the violence of the kingdom of heaven comes forth through the souls of the sons of God, all the glory of God is like an arsenal. Spiritual violence is releasing all the bright things of God's glory through the soul yielded to the spirit. But before it comes forth like a mighty torrent of signs and wonders, there has to be a knowing of him in here. He likes these times too. He likes the still refreshing waters. He likes the calmness. He likes you knowing him in the still small voice. Doesn't have to raise his voice all the time. Just whispering deep secret mystic mysteries into your heart. Glory. Glory. Deep calling unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. And the noise of the waterfalls is like a deep, cool whisper within. And that peace of the Garden of Eden, canceling the noise of the brain, and all the stuff that feels condemned by the glory. 
Who is this king of glory? What is the glory? Why does the glory make me uncomfortable? It's the judgment seat of Christ. White throne judgment, which means if you get into the white, which is the glory, the Shekinah is white. In the Bible, and prophetics, white represents the Shekinah. You're getting into the judgment seat. That's why when you get around people that practice the glory of God that's called great grace, the glory is great grace, the acts of the soul feel inadequate. The acts of the soul, you never feel good enough. Like, I just can't do enough to fit in with this tribe. I'm not one of these special, cool people. No, there's nothing special or cool about these people. Total dorks. <laughs> yeah, just for people that got over their own souls. These are great spirits, but you also have a calling to be a great spirit. Because you got the morning star in your spirit. Your greatness is God in your spirit, which will make your faces shine with joy constantly when you get to know him in a deeper way. See, we're at war against sorcery. We're at war against bewitchment. And so we're building up the new creature and tearing down the old. The prophetic that only builds up is only 50%. You read about the prophets in the Old Testament, there's very little building up mostly tearing down. Why? Because it was all old covenant filth, sorcery. Just, it was terrible. Terrible, terrible. Just kill everyone. The Bible says man, woman, and children. Old Testament was ethnic cleansing. It's in there. Which is an understanding of how much, we don't do that in the New Testament, but we do it supernaturally towards the DNA of tearing down all the sinful nature of the words of the enemy, of the words of men and women that are growing in the soul. It's not just demons. Demons don't have any influence in the earth except through flesh. They can't even say one thing, do one thing, unless man and woman yield to their lies. It's not the devil's fault, it's man and woman's fault, and when we take responsibility over our own DNA and get it baptized into the glory, demonic influence goes to zero. Amen. And it will in the bride of Christ, but the false bride of Christ that's married to the false Jesus, the angel of light of sorcery, religion, witchcraft, and soulish spirituality. There's a bride of Christ out here married to Jezebel that worshiped Jezebel thinking Jezebel's Jesus. I've dealt with it in Pentecostalism my entire prophetic career. And these people are so deceived, they tithe to Jezebel, they serve her faithfully. They're in chains to a false Jesus. If I had not experienced it and seen it in an open vision revealed by Jesus Christ, I wouldn't believe it either. Some of you have experienced the Jezebelic church and how the God-outside-mindedness deceives the mind to serve an angel of light pretending to be Jesus. It'll have the gifts of the Spirit. That's what's so deceiving. The prophetic. It'll embrace the gifts. But it's soul. This is how you know. There's no cross applied to the soul in that Jezebelic false Christianity. That's why at the end of the age, the greatest wine saved for last, wine is the blood, will come from the greatest understanding, revelations, and preachings of the cross of Christ crucified through a Babylonian, which means a religious, charismatic, bewitched people. A return to Calvary, which is a return to Zion, a return to the works of Christ, and a deep, thorough understanding of Jesus 
through their souls slain with him. An experiential understanding of Gethsemane. An experiential understanding of the whippings in the back and the cat of nine tails. Amen. And an experiential understanding of the crown of thorns. You say crown of thorns and people say, ow, that's got to hurt. No, that's the crown of life. It's glorified. His head has a halo like a rainbow round about it. You know how he? you get that? By the crown of thorns. He took the crown of thorns of your mental chaos so you could have a rainbow of a crown of life of the seven spirits of God controlling your brains called the spirit of a sound mind. And you have that spirit, and that spirit needs to be poured out on all your minds. This is where the enemy attacks you, right in the mind. He separates the mind. War of this part of the mind against that part of the mind. <laughs> imparting different things on the mind. Put on the helmet of salvation. What's the helmet of salvation? The glorified crown of thorns, crucified with Christ. To the natural dimension of demonic influence, it looks terrible. But to the spirit, it's the crown of life. It is. It's the crown of glory. The crown of thorns and all the whippings, the beatings, the piercings, the scourgings. The spear in his side is the glory realm. And notice there's seven in the Bible. That's the seven spirits of God glorifying your spirit as it's crucifying your soul. You'll share in the glory of the Lamb. John 17 says, I have given them the glory. How did Jesus in the Bible say, Father, I have given them, my disciples, that's you, the glory? Because he gave you the glorified aspects of his crucifixion during Passion Week. That's how you enter the glory realm. That's how you live in the promised land. The glory realm is the promised land for your bodies to live in perfect peace, perfect prosperity, perfect blessedness, curse-free, care-free, glory every day. As long as those piercings and that those crucifixions are applied to the soul dimension. Because if the soul doesn't have those piercings, it's out here doing its own thing. It's out here serving the fallen angels and false Christianity. And that's what the temptations of the evil one are. To get my soul off the cross and start serving the cross externally as if it's a foreign thing to my soul. Instead of an internal, personal, intimate thing on the inside. Oneness, unity. That's what revelation does. All revelations unite the soul to the works of Christ. For the soul to experience the glory in a greater way. Amen. Father, give us revelations of Christ's piercings. Don't you want your hands pierced with them? Amen. Stigmatas for everyone. Don't you want the cup of the new covenant? You know what the cup of the new covenant is? Look at Gethsemane. The cup of his death. Father, take this cup from me. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you what, we're drinking it with him. We're drinking the cross. We're drinking the piercing. We're drinking the nail marks in his hands. You know, Stephen putting his finger in the spirit's side which was the evidence of Christ's death, was a type of drinking. 
He just drank right of his faith. It was an impartation of faith. Faith is drinking. We toke the ghost, drink the godka, all the fun stuff of enjoying the works of Christ, and you should. You should celebrate those victories. But it's all about the faith in the impartation of Jesus, high priestly prayer, giving us his glory. That makes some people cringe. Religious spirits say, give God the glory. Exact opposite of what the Bible teaches. Exact opposite. John 17, Father, I have given them the glory. Hallelujah. I'm going to read in the Amplified Classic. I love John 17. When Jesus had spoken these things, he lifted his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify and exalt and honor and magnify your Son, so that your Son may glorify and extol and honor and magnify you. Just as you have granted him power and authority over all flesh, all humankind, now glorify him so that he may give eternal life to all whom you have given him. <laughs> Selah. Which means pause and calmly ascend. Selah means chill out. Just chill out out there and descend. Rise. Rise from the dead as you meditate on the word. I have glorified you down here on the earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. So as a disciple, glorifying the Father or living in the glory on earth is doing the work God has given you to do. We need to know what that work is. Oh, the Bible tells us to believe in the one God sent. To believe in the greater one in you. It is the work that God has given you to do. Because the Bible says, only believe and you'll see the glory of God. Once you see the glory of God, you go on autopilot. Because it's cloud by day, fire by night. You're not lost anymore in the wilderness. You have perfect leadership in your whole soul. Grow into you are led by the cloud and led by the pillar. And you have that cloud and that pillar, like Elijah, but it starts the size of a man's fist right underneath your heart. So you gotta go into the invisible, which the Bible says, illuminate the eyes of my heart. Which means I can't live in the carnal dimension of the curse of the fall by mere natural witchcraft anymore. I gotta come out of the natural witchcraft of witchcraft religion. Hello? I think to be led by the glory, you're gonna have to come out of witchcraft leadership. How many of y'all know witchcraft is simply the practice of external naturality? If you are natural, the Bible says in James, you are a practitioner of witchcraft. To be natural is to be earthly and demonic, James says. Natural naturality, we congratulate people. Oh man, this person, he loves creation. He loves witchcraft is what he loves. He's a lover of self and an enemy of God. Truth anyhow, it's false love everywhere. 
to be led of the spirit is completely other. Come out of her, my people. We come out of soul, my people. Come out of her, my people. Come out of the soul and be holy in the holy place, which is your spirit. All Christianity to the level of being adolescents in Christ is to get the soul, the consciousness, into the spirit, to practice the spirit, because you can't go into any maturity until you're spirit only all the time, which is, you know, most of us where we're at in the transition of our current level of growth, that we're going from infants in Christ, for honest with ourselves, to being young men and young women in Christ, living and being led by spirit over and against soul that's constantly crucified understanding God's ways as becoming young priests of the Melchizedek order in this place. Amen. And then we will mature onto even practicing righteousness, a much greater maturity in the days ahead. But these are all the steps you take of coming out of Egypt, through the wilderness, into Zion, in the inner man. And we will make the path so clear. It's called make straight the way of the Lord. What's the way of the Lord? The teaching and the development of the new creature. What's the way of the Lord? The new creature coming up and eating the old creature as a cocoon around the spirit. You got to break through the cocoon. You have to break the shell and devour the shell one time. No, daily daily the dying daily is the breaking out of the shell and the spirit piercing the soul daily if you don't do it you'll hang your harp in babylon and go into exile which is the soul will win if the soul wins the fallen angels win and you forfeit your destiny for a bowl of soup which is living in the natural dimension living in the witchcraft of the curse of the fall. The curse of the fall is the God of this world has blinded the hearts of unbelievers and it's filled the earth with the darkness of unbelief of the faith of the fallen angels. Faith of the fallen angels is unbelief in Jesus. A disloyalty and a disobedience, the man of lawlessness, of the soul's submission to spirit, which is the following of the angels that led that rebellion. Fallen angels are soulish angels that never obey spirit. And that's why you see Christians associated with those angels every day. Because they're soulish. And their Jesus is a fallen angel. Real Christians will follow the spirit at the sacrifice and cost of their soul. False Christians follow their soul. Paul says the same thing. They're tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. He makes his angels winds. These winds are not good angels. These are fallen angels and teachings of devils. Paul calls them Janes and Jambres and the teachings of devils, which means the words of the evil one that speak into the minds and the hearts of believers in Jesus Christ, getting them to practice gray matter in a witchcraft anointing. And so... Why, why do they do it? Why do they try so hard to do this and deceive and cause trouble with believers? Because the believer has the potential possibility of taking the whole mid-heavens from the fallen angels and producing a new heavens where righteousness dwells if they can conquer their soul and live as mature spirit beings. Full spiritual stature is the end of the influence of Satan and his angels in all nations over all animals, and the Bible says, like the days of Noah, clean and unclean animals. 
not just clean animals, also all unclean, which means the covenant people will rule over forever unbelievers. Unbelie it won't even matter if you believe or not. There will be a, such a maturity, it will be a sovereignty over the earth. And we want you to believe, obviously, because want, we want everyone to know God. But even the unbelievers will be ruled over by the glory of God, the Bible says, forever. This is a promise in Scripture. For the sovereignty of the maturity of Christ to rise in your hearts in all of His sonship ability, which is your spiritual ability that we're learning each and every day. I have glorified you down here on earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me along with yourself and restore me to such majesty and honor in your presence as I had with you before the world existed. I have manifested your name. I have revealed your very self, your real self, to the people whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have obeyed and kept your word. Now, at last, they know and understand that all you have given me belongs to you, is really and truly yours. For the uttered words that you gave me, I have given them, and they have received and accepted them, and have come to know positively and in reality to believe with absolute assurance that I came forth from your presence, and they have believed and are convinced that you did send me. Believe in the one God sent. Where did he send him? Into your spirit. Right into your womb. Isn't that cool? Men have wombs now. That's really special. Don't trust any man that's not birthing. Out of your belly flows rivers. Hey, man. I can't wait for more men's waters to break. Isn't that going to be good? That's what revival is. When man's waters break, which is a realization of the glory. The submitting of the soul to the spirit is the breaking of the mighty waters and the floods of the days of Noah. Ha ha ha. And guess who comes out? Not baby Jesus. The king of glory. The king of glory is who comes out when you birth and break the waters. A lot of people are scared to burst and break the waters. You should be. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It will totally transform your life. Your old Adamic life, your old Adamic mindsets, the strongholds, your cultures, your activities, your habits, even good ones, it all gets obliterated. And you become an entirely new creature, not just in spirit anymore, but a different soul, which is a different personality. You still have a soul, but it's totally infused and glorified with the river of life. Which means the soul is the exact outrain brilliance of the light being. Which means the soul now exactly, perfectly copies spirit. Which means there's no disobedience or witchcraft in the soul anymore. Zero demonic influence. Hallelujah. That's what sanctification looks like, guys. I'm praying for you. I'm not praying for the world, though, but for those you have given me, for they belong to you. All things that are mine are yours, and all things that are yours belong to me, 
and I am glorified in and through them. They have done my they have done me honor. In them my glory is achieved. In them my glory is achieved. <laughs> and now I am in more in and now I am no more in the world, but these are still in the world. And I'm coming to you, Holy Father, keep in your name, in the knowledge of yourself, those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I kept and preserved them in your name. In the knowledge and worship of you, those you have given me, I guarded and protected. And not one of them has perished or is lost, except the son of perdition, Judas Iscariot, the one who is now doomed to destruction, destined to be lost that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now I am coming to you. I say these things while I'm still in the world so that my joy may be made full. Which is an understanding of prayer. It's called the high priestly prayer, John 17. <laughs> Notice that prayer, Jesus explaining, I'm saying these things, I'm praying this prayer that my joy may be full. Make sure prayer is increasing your joy so you're not babbling like the pagans. Come on, prayer should get you drunk. Pray until you're drunk, which means out of your skull, in your spirit. That's what prayer is for. Praying always building your spirit up in the most holy faith. When your spirit's built up, that means the soulish garbage of worldliness and sin no longer has influence in the body. But the body is the temple of the joy of the Lord, our strength. Amen. I'm saying these things. I'm praying this prayer so that my joy may be full, complete, perfect in them. That they may experience my delight fulfilled in them. That my enjoyment may be perfected in their own souls. That they may have my gladness within them filling their hearts that's the picture of the river that they may have my gladness my glory which is the river of life in them that's us filling and flooding our hearts that's the overflow that's how we drown the world amen shaba I have given and delivered to them your word, message, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world. They do not belong to the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them and protect them from the devil. Amen. They are not of the world, worldly, or belonging to the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them, purify, consecrate, separate them for yourself. Now you need to understand when Jesus is talking to his Father here, that the Holy Spirit fulfills this prayer in our lives today. The Spirit of God is answering the prayers of Jesus right now today on earth. That's what answers all prayer. If you pray anything according to God's will, God will answer that prayer. How does God answer a prayer? By the Holy Spirit in the will of the Father. It has to be according to the Father's plans for the planet. But then the Spirit will do it. 
And what is he praying? Sanctify them. Who sanctifies us? Who answers this prayer? The Lord. The Holy Ghost is his name. Sanctify you. Purify. Consecrate. Separate them for yourself. Make them holy. Make them holy. 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 By the truth. Your word is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world to be made holy in the world. You see, that's how we destroy the works of the devil? By getting sanctified in the midst of total gross darkness on the land and deep darkness on the people. Not in nice, warm, soft, cozy places, but in North Minneapolis, surrounded by 36 organized gangs. In the midst of crack cocaine and cartels and prostitution and organized crime, and all the crazy, stupid stuff that human beings do on the earth in sin, I want you in the world getting sanctified in the world. I have sent them into the world to be sanctified. See, that's his plan. The mastermind, the mind of Christ, the rainbow that controls all the intelligence of the kingdom now on earth. This is his plan to send you into places in the earth, right where you're at now, and the rainbow will move you around. The seven spirits of God move you around where he wants to sanctify you. Usually it's right where you're at. It's usually right there, or he'll confirm it to you in dreams, visions, or just the unctions of your heart. Oftentimes the sanctified desires of your heart, it's God's will. It's not some big mystical thing like a sheet of paper needs to come down in an open vision and the audible voice and the archangel Gabriel. It's usually what you want to do when your heart's pure. That's usually God's will. Simple stuff. God is a simple God. It's a simple childlike truth. Sanctify them into the world. I've sent them into the world and I sanctify them in the midst of the world around them. And so for their sake and on their behalf, I sanctify, dedicate, consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified, dedicated, consecrated, and be made holy in the truth. Neither for these alone do I pray. It is not for their sake only that I make this request, but also for all those who will ever come to believe in, trust in, cling in, rely on me through their word and teaching. That's all us now 2,000 years later. Hallelujah. He prayed for you. Isn't that wild? He prayed for you right now, right here in that prayer. He saw you in the future, guys. Woo! Hallelujah. For all those that will ever come to believe, cling to, rely on Jesus through my apostles' words and teachings. John 17, 21. That they all may be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us. Ecstasy and union. Isn't that wild? All the teaching, preaching, sanctification, all the sending high priestly prayer, all this praying, all the Christian activity of Jesus Christ in the Bible is for what? Union. That's it. Why? Why did all this stuff need to happen? 
sending, sanctifying, teaching, training, years and years and years of stuff so that they may be one just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us so that the world may believe and be convinced that you have sent me. Here's the verse, John 17, 22. From this unity of all this praying, training, teaching, and sending, and cocooning and sanctifying, okay, of John 17, 1 through 21, we come into 22. After that, I have given them the glory. Then comes the glory. Sanctification, then glorification. Set apart, cocooned, transformed in the world, got all the world off their souls, their spirit rising, beaming out their forehead in the new creature in Christ's name, written on their forehead. Then the Bible declares in the high priest's prayer, I have given you the glory. Say, that's me. He's given you the glory. And honor. He's given you honor. I have given to them the glory and the honor which you have given me. The same glory and the same honor of the Son of God is shared with your sanctified souls. Amen. At this point, you just melt. Wow. Salvation's far beyond fire insurance. I am in the heavenly glory on earth. That's the place of rulership. When the glory, when the honor of the Son of God are shared with you, you begin to use the glory. You begin to use the honor of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords in your souls over the natural realm. That's what the tabernacle of David is. People coming into the maturity through sanctification at this level where Jesus shares with you his glory and his honor. But he's already shared with you in the spirit. But the soul has no share in it. This is the hardest part. Getting over this. Getting over self. Getting over the witchcraft. The temptations of religious. The I am's of Satan in the soul into the real I am of the glory and honor of the great I am Jesus Christ in your spirit. Then you become partakers of the divine nature, not just deep within where you're saved in your spirit, but your whole, sa your whole soul, your whole mind, and your whole body share in that salvific glory. The body gets saved. The bones get saved. The bloodlines get saved. The nations will be saved. A light to all nations. A salvation light for all the nations streaming into the maturity of your spirit which is streaming into Zion the mountain of the Lord or the mountain of the glory and honor of the Son of God I have given to them Zion I have given to them the glory and the honor which you have given me what did God give Jesus the kingdom of heaven that's what God the Father gave His Son Jesus, the kingdom of heaven. Over 300 times in the Gospels, kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, kingdom, kingdom, constantly. Why? Because it, it was the stewardship of the gift of the Father. 
And that's what he's given you. That's what he's deposited in you. The kingdom of his glory. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And you are the carriers of that kingdom of glory. You are the conduits of the kingdom of glory. The cocooning and the metamorphosis and the shells break off and the development of the new creature comes forth with the glory and with the honor of the king. Sonship is kingly dignity. But you notice the soul doesn't have any. Soul doesn't even know what we're talking about right now. This is like foreign gospel now. What is this gospel? But the spirit, it resonates in the depths of you. In the deepest parts of men and women inside their spirit is the kingdom realm within you. And your faith will grow in that realm and you will be restored to a throne of honor and glory in the Father's house, Isaiah 22, 23, it is written. So when he gives you the glory and honor, he gives you a crown. He gives you a throne. How many of y'all know the Bible says God has prepared a throne for you? The enemy uses this and gets people into sorcery. It becomes 13 crown families of Europe, a natural throne, not based on spirit, based on soul. And they got to use all kinds of divisive means to control these thrones, which is becoming the sons and daughters of the fallen angels. If you choose a throne in the soul realm, you forfeit the throne in the spirit realm. And many Christians get deceived by the devil to do that. Repent and return to the throne the Father has given you in the spirit realm. Repentance is coming out of the soul into the spirit. You can't follow Jesus in soul. It's tolerated in Babylonian Christianity. Even appreciated, applauded, they'll put your name on a plaque in the church wall. They'll put your name in the bulletin. They'll make you an elder on the board of directors. If you're good in the soul, in the Laodicean age that you're coming out of now. This is Laodicea. America in the 20th, 21st century, before the kingdom age, is the seventh church of Revelation. You are coming out of Laodicea right now. What is Laodicea? The pinnacle of Christianity of the soul. The total pinnacle of the abomination of desolation. Doesn't get any worse than this. This is as bad as it'll ever be. And it's not that bad. Why? Because we're getting circumcised of all of it. It's the end of Laodicea. And the beginning of the kingdom for most of you choosing to become spiritual disciples and repenting of soulishness. It will get much better because God's ways are glorious and good and full of blessing. They're full of heaven. And there's no bad thing will I withhold from those who walk uprightly. And a good thing, amen? Right, some of you are like, oh, I'll take the bad thing. Uh-huh. Just seeing if you're alive, brother. One person. Union. Because you are one. He prayed that. I have given Joel's bar the glory. God, there they go right there in the chat room now. Okay. I have given Joel's bar the honor. He has. Which you have given Jesus. 
This is his bar, not mine. This is Jesus' ministry. This is not my ministry. I don't have a ministry. I have Jesus and Jesus' ministry, and I kind of take a back seat and just watch him use my body. Passive, dependent recipients of salvation. He does let me drive with him. He jump right inside his body. Let's see how fast this F1 goes. Glory. Someday I'll get my pilot's license. One of my dreams is to, you can buy the old military F-16s. They go up for auction. You can buy them. And you can have your own fighter jet. Oh man. You can get from here to Oslo, Scandinavia, in two hours. From Minneapolis to Nairobi in like four hours. You break the sound barrier. Hey man, wouldn't that be cool? Like Top Gun in real life. Hey man. Glory. Mm. Jesus. That messed me up. Some of those promises are so extravagant, you just get drunk. Thank you, Lord. You know, the desires of your heart, you have to give them to the fire, but they come true. A lot of that stuff, you know, it's okay to be hard on the soul, because you're hard on the animal part. You can't be too hard on the soul. Religion says, go easy on it. You know, spare the rod, spoil the child, spoil the soul. We don't do it. Because I know it's deception because the spirit's so tough it can't die even if a sawed-off shotgun blew your head off. The spirit be like, oh good, now I'm free. Thank you. <laughs> spirit can't die by any means in the realm of the natural. But we want your soul to be as invincible as your spirit, which takes quite a lot of training. Because your spirit is sharing the genetics of the word of God's invincibility through the heart that pumps it through the brain and the, the body and goes all over the place. It, the genetic upgrades of the Word of God are constantly shared from spirit to soul. This is how metamorphosis, what is sanctification? We say sanctify yourself, we don't know what sanctification is. Sanctification is the Word full of light in the spirit going up into the heart and the heart changing and sending out that Word the heart's an evangelist. You know, the purpose of the organ of the heart in your chest cavity is to share the gospel with the rest of your body. This carries, blood is congealed light, by the way, so it's the carrier of the words that your spirit believes. Your blood is currently carrying the gospel to your brain and letting you know, oh man, this is good stuff. Let's be good stuff. Cover the doorpost with that stuff. That word right there. That's a better word than Abel right there. I'd speak in bliss right into my brain cells. Union of the hemispheres. Helmet of salvation. In the word from my heart. Behold, I stand at the door of the where? The heart, because he's already in their spirit. You're in Apostolic Glory Church in Revelation 2 and 3. They're in a signs and wonders Christian setting. 
But Jesus didn't have entrance into the heart realm to carry that glory word into the rest of the body. They didn't understand glorification. They got basic salvation, fire insurance stuff, maybe a teaching on sanctification. But now you need teaching on glorification, which is the carrying of the word to the whole body until your eyeballs are as bright as your spirit is called flashing fire. Your skin has as gold as your spirit is like goldman. that your brain turns crystal like your spirit, like gemstone rewards for believers. You know, like putting on celestial garments and things taught by the apostles in the Bible, and it becomes physically the Word made flesh, because the Word is saving you through your heart, carrying the Word to the rest of your body. But if you doubt in your hearts, the Bible says, then there's no carrying of salvation to the body, and the body just dies. The body gets sick, the body gets depressed, the body gets into poverty, the body forfeits the promises. That's why in hearing the word, do not doubt, but believe the promises. Why? So that the heart can carry the word, have light and salvation to the rest of the body, into all your organs. Salvation is preached by the heart, your central organ, into the rest of the organs. A man after God's own heart, a man after the immortality of the soul is what the Davidic messianic anointing is, what's what the fivefold in the river of life is, is to share spirit salvation, spirit invincibility with heart. This is central organ. Amen! Why do we tear it down? Because the Spirit's got to tear it up. You don't let this thing just send out whatever message code to the rest of the thing. You'd be as deceived as the fallen angels. you got to conquer your heart to turn this into the message center, the, the mail post office of the Spirit and the Word here. If this thing doesn't become the post office of Jesus in the belly, it'll be the post office of the bad news and the bad report of the serpents in the garden. And that's what it still is for most Christians with an uncircumcised heart. A circumcised heart is taking this heart and using it to spread the word. And then the blood speaks the word, doesn't it? That's what the Bible says. Preaching of the gospel is the blood speaking on its own. I get up here and just get so slaughtered by the word that the word can just speak itself through the blood that talks. The blood talks. Amen? And it speaks the words of God with its own power. That says just open your mouth and I'll fill it. Don't prepare ahead of time with what you're going to say. Just come empty-headed and heart-circumcised and let the river flow. The river's always got something to say because it flows from the Word of God every day. God will feed His people fresh manna, hidden manna, the Word of God into their hearts, the building up of their spirit because he wants to flood this post office with living letters, love letters, living epistles, read of all men. And you're the first one to read it, and you're like, man, that is some good stuff. I'm going to share that on Facebook. Get me a Twitter account, and I'm going to advertise it on Twitter. Yeah, they shut me down. They took away my advertising privileges on Facebook and Twitter. Because I was using it for the gospel. That just means something better is being worked out for me. Amen. I'm excited. Here we'll finish with John 17. I and them, you and me, 
in order that they may become one and perfectly united, that the world may know and definitely recognize that you have sent me and that you have loved them. The Father loves you even as you have loved me. The Father loves you the same measure he loves Jesus. It is written, Father, I desire that they also whom you have entrusted to me as your gift to me may be with me where I am so that they may see my glory. Keep them connected to me. That's what the river does. Holy Ghost answers that prayer that keeps our spirit through our slain hearts and minds connected to the throne of the Lamb on earth all the time. It's always on earth as it is in heaven when you're connected by the river. Perfectly welded to Jesus' throne. So that they may see my glory, which you have given me, your love. Notice this, verse 24, the glory is called the love of the Father. There's no other love down here. Agape is simply the glory. Amen? If you're not giving people and glorifying people, you ain't loved anyone yet. Which you have given me, your love. For you loved me before the foundation of the world. O just and righteous Father, although the world has not known you and has failed to recognize you and has never acknowledged you, I have known you continually. And these men understand and know that you have sent me. I have made your name known to them and revealed your character, your very self, the soul of the Father. And I will continue to make you known that the love which you have bestowed upon me may be in them, felt in their hearts. Woo! And that I myself may be in them, felt in their hearts. Amplify Classics says, they're going to feel the Father and they're going to feel the Son all the time. No loneliness, no separation. Father, he prayed that you would feel him. So we just reiterate the words of the Lord in this high priestly prayer tonight. Heavenly Father, let these people feel you in a greater way. Let them feel your love. Let them feel your honor. Let them feel your glory. Let them know and experience through their senses, through their flesh, through their blood, through their brains, through their hearts, all your goodness. And as you experience the goodness of the Father and feel the Father, your land becomes the land of the living. The land of the living is a people that are constantly feeling the flooding of the Father's glory through their bodies. I will pour out my spirit in all flesh, which is everyone going to live in the Father's goodness. That's what the floods are. But to those that live in the badness and use badness to control and manipulate, it's the end for them. It's punishment. It's wrath for them. The control, you know, the tax collectors, those that work for the enemy, those people, I tell you the truth, guys, that is as enemy as it gets. You can't be a bigger enemy of the kingdom than being the IRS. Truth anyhow. Oh, awfully silent. You people get nervous. I tell you what, the glory of God will consume natural enemies. It's a promise in the Bible. 
Bible says, is the Bible true in every man a liar? Yeah. That the sons of the kingdom will be exempt from taxes. Oh, Truths anyhow, Jesus Christ said it, not me. The Bible said it in the red letters. You can study it for yourself like good Bereans. Now you're going to have to be in the glory realm for it to work for you because only the promises of the promised land work in the glory. If you're in the soul, you'll live by the world's standards. If you're in the kingdom, you'll live by the kingdom standards. The kingdom has always superseded the world. You got to go through the metamorphosis. John 17, 1 through 21, you got to go through all that sanctification to enter the kingdom. And you will suffer much to enter the kingdom, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. All that you must suffer to enter the kingdom. What's the sufferings for the soul? It doesn't need to be a suffering, but Jesus Christ said there'd be a suffering because there'd be a, an annihilation of the soul. A complete dispersion, a diaspora of the soul. A sacking of the old Jerusalem, which is goodness of the soul. It had to be destroyed. That temple must be torn down for the new temple of the Spirit to be raised up. It had to be torn down. And the gold separated from the bricks with no more types and shadows. Now I will glorify my temple inside my government. I will live inside my people, declares the Father, and I will glorify them, and my glory will be the government of all the earth, of the white dove, of the increase of Jesus Christ's government and peace. There shall be no end. For the enemy will get dissolved and eradicated and the sons and daughters of the enemy they're in mostly political positions military and financial positions of power in the earth right now will melt with their father in the crystal sea and we forgive these people's sorcery forgive them father they know what they do they know they're oppressing you they were trained in the devil most of these people have intimate relationships on checkerboards and secret societies that purposely oppress you and know what they're doing. And it won't be tolerated at all anymore because of a generation of revelation that got into glorification. And the glorification and why we've been so persecuted in this generation is the end of the enemy's oppression and it comes forth now, declares the Lord. And it shall not wait any longer. Not on the faith of a whole bunch of people, but a remnant that has pressed into the glory of John 17 and received the glory and received the honor of the Son of God who purchased this world back from Satan and his angels to rule it in peace and blessedness as the sons of God and peacemakers for the meek shall inherit the earth it is written and you are the meek who inherit the earth in this generation declares the Lord just receive it now as a gift from God let it absorb into your minds. I tell you the truth, the glory cloud will carry you as it carried the Israelites out of Egypt. So will the glory of Moses and Aaron, the prophets and apostles in this day, carry you out of Babylon and all its oppressions towards your life. Financial oppressions, education oppressions, 
health oppressions, the craziness of the devil and his sons and daughters, you will be carried out of the world into a kingdom realm where none of it will ever touch you again. And the Lord will bring this about speedily. Now, in this time, we declare in Jesus' name everywhere. <laughs> and we just thank you for the assigned angels, Michael, Uriel, Raphael, Gabriel, for this timeline over all the earth, making these things come to pass speedily in Jesus' freedom and in Jesus' glory and in Jesus' honor. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow.
on the chief man of the people of Israel. They beheld God and ate and drank. And the Lord said to Moses, Come up, come up, come up to me on the mountain. Come up, come up, come up to me on the mountain. Come up, come up, come up to me on the mountain. Come up, come up, come up to me on the mountain. Well, 